Welcome back into the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios Fan Run Radio as we kick off our number two. 865-546-8200, the number to get on the Big Orange Philly phone lines. Uh, I have Houston bracketville.wordpress.com slash bracketology pulled up. Good. And they have Tennessee as a one seed, by God. Love bracketville.com slash wordpress. Mm-hmm. Or dot wordpress. What is it? Bracketville.wordpress.com slash bracketology slash. Mm. Don't get the last slash. I don't think it matters. That's the way it should be. Um, They actually have Arizona as the other one seed and have them ahead of us. Which it, at least, you know, head-to-head, we're, we're keeping that consistent. Right, well, the head-to-head, you know, that matters. Yeah. Yeah, blind teams right here. Team 1, 19-3. and three. Team one is seven and two versus quad one and three and one versus quad two. Team two, 18 and three, four and one against quad one, three and two against quad two, and team one also beat team two. Yeah, so you got to go team one. Is that Arizona? Yeah, team one is Arizona. Team two is Tennessee. Okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I have no problem with Arizona being ahead of us. I'm fine with that. And that's what Our they be- have here. also being a one. They have they have it as um, Purdue, Alabama, Arizona, Tennessee. Uh, Ken Palm also has Arizona with a tougher schedule than Tennessee at the moment. Because they played Tennessee, probably. I mean, I would love this bracket. Tennessee also played UCLA. Tennessee's the one seed. They're the fourth one seed, so they catch uh, Houston coming back as the two. I mean, whoever gets the two is going to be good. Um, the 8-9 game will be Northwestern and New Mexico. The 4 and 5 are TCU and Connecticut. So those are the teams on your half of the bracket. And then if you're looking for an upset special coming out in the uh, regional final to go to the final four, the Iowa State Cyclones are yep. your three seed on the bottom half of the bracket. That would be East Region, Tennessee playing in Greensboro, North Carolina to open. Not Attorney. bad. Not bad. Take that right now. Opening with uh, UT Martin. A little in-state uh, 116 action. Why does that scare me a little bit? <laughs> Rival game right there. <laughs> Throw the record books out the window. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Evan Mayakawa has his top 25 players in all of college basketball rankings. Top 25 players in all of college all of basketball. College basketball. Top 25 it's players. a stupid list. What? Can you at least let him like point out what's notable yeah, in the point list him out, Chris. before you say it's stupid? Why is it stupid? It's, li- it's literally data-driven. <laughs> The only thing ahead, that, this isn't an eyeball test an thing. It's it's by the numbers. Yes. Okay. What's is there criteria there or what what's what's stated about? Well, these it's numbers? their offensive BPR, their defensive BPR, and then their total. Okay. So you get those two numbers. The higher the number, the better, and then you add them together, and that's how good the player is. I believe on a scale of one to ten. I think it provides also looking down the list farther how good we are as a team. Well, yeah, that's why I was getting to the yeah. list. Yeah, the top twenty-five. Okay, how many Tennessee players do you think 
made the top 25 mm. players in all of college basketball, according to the stats. Four? Get out of the room if you're going to do this. Just leave. <laughs> I, just took a I, guess. Asked, I asked Nate the question. I thought you were asking the You've room. You've seen the list! <laughs> I've not observed it because I thought it was a bad list. I probably would have said two. I don't like the list, but I did look at it, and I'm going to just ruin the segment by answering the question that I wasn't even asked to me. I'm sorry. There's four on the list? Four in the top 25. In the top 23, really. What? That's crazy. The number five player in the country, according to Evan Mayakawa, and the best player on Tennessee's team. Yeah. Julian Phillips. <laughs> All right. Who is benefiting greatly from the highest defensive BPR in the country at 3.52. Well, everyone wants to know, why is Tennessee so good on defense? How is Tennessee so good on defense? Why is Tennessee, it's like, well, you know, we do have five stars that might, Play not, defense. might not show up on the ESPN highlight reel all the time, but they're shutting dudes down. He is a 5.63 in total BPR. Again, fifth best player in the country. Seventh best player in the country. Santiago Vescovi with a 5.45. The 14th best player in the country, Zakai Ziegler with a 5.16. And the 23rd best player in the country, Joe Joe James with a 5.05. There are a couple teams with two players on the list. I don't think there's another team with three, and certainly not another team with four. Hmm. The Big Orange. Well, defense matters. Number one, Zach Eady, Purdue. Number Correct. two, out. Oh, so that's okay. You're good with that number, but not the other one. Shush, shush, shush. Number two, Azelis Tubalus. No. Arizona. Number three, Marcus Sasser, Houston. Number four, Oscar Shibway. Kentucky, okay, and then me, Julian Phillips at five. Uh, let me just quiz Nate here. Just Nate, do you think Santiago Vescovi, Julian Phillips, and Zakai Ziegler are better players than Brandon Miller? Just yes or no will work. Um, no, but I think I I think this does show that on the defensive end, and you know, defense doesn't sell tickets and doesn't that. So when when you're on, when you're on an ESPN panel and somebody says who are the best players in college basketball, they're not gonna. I mean, obviously, defense doesn't defense is like doesn't a, sell like clicks. A, it's like a secondary metric. You know, it's not not primary. Everybody's gonna pick the best offensive guys in basketball first, and I think that's what this this illustrates. Other notables also have uh, those guys above Drew Timmy from Gonzaga. Doesn't play defense. Lowest defensive rating of anybody. Check the stats. Why does Kimpom not? Great defense for players. They don't really have the offensive ratings. Anyway. All right, so the Big Orange Philly Fallen's got Roberto up next. What's up, Roberto? You're on three and out. Morning, gents. Morning. Well, my thought is Hickman, um, I'm always a big Hickman fan. I think we can just establish that. You have been a little off your game today. <laughs> You're you're overplaying the heel role just a little bit. I mean, you got to still be likable. Like as a heel, you still got to be likable. Being unbiased. This is just just Berto loving on you. This is just Berto loving on you. I'm a big fan. Love you, buddy. Hey, I said we're going to the final four yesterday. 
Of what? You don't even believe we should be a one seed right now. No, no, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I, I think we should be. I think the one seeds right now should be. Should we be the number eight overall seed? No, I think no. we probably four or three. I would be fine with us well, or Arizona. Why did, uh, okay, fair enough. Whatever. Why does Palm have us as the number eight overall seed? Not Jerry, not Ken Palm, Jerry Palm. Yeah, he's an idiot. See what I did there? Uh, you know he's a big he's a big um, he's a big Purdue sheep. He went to Purdue, uh, right? Well, that would explain why they are number one in everything. Well, they're number one because they're number no, one. No, I know. And I know. they have the best. They have the best player in the country. So, and by the way, your question, Hickman, uh, that you ask, uh, are they better than you said it was Brandon Miller, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the guy plays as much defense as I do. Like, it is fifty percent of the game, Hickman. It's more if you're playing like Tennessee does. True. And uh, just for all the haters, uh, uh, of which there are many, uh, I have always said Julian Phillips is the best basketball player on this team. I'm just saying. Just saying. All right. Just saying. Uh, I, I I digress because actually I'm kind of kidding at that. I, I said that a long time ago, and I, <laughs> the stats, I guess, bear it out, but – Really, he's not. I don't even know he's the third or fourth best player on this team, which is a great problem to have, right? When yeah. you get five stars playing defense, hats off to Rick Barnes. Mm. I mean, um, that's his superpower. The other one is, is CBS becoming the new ESPN for us, and you know how ESPN was for us in football for many, many years. Has that become that way for CBS with us in basketball? I guess so. It is weird I mean, with Palm. Though. I mean, Kansas Parrish, State Parish hates Tennessee. Well, yeah, that too. Kansas State uh, is 16th in the net. They're five and two quad one. They're three and one quad two. They're four and zero oh quad three. Or they're you know undefeated in quad three and four. Same as Tennessee. But their strength of schedule, the way whatever number CBS is pulling, is actually worse than Tennessee's. Kansas State's is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and he has them as a as a one. He has Tennessee as a, a two. It makes no sense. Is that off the power of their um, Kansas win? I mean, we beat Kansas worse than they did. And they were at home. We were on neutral court. Like, none of that even makes well, sense. Well, they, they play Kansas on the road tonight, too. Yeah. So that that may even change. We'll learn course, a lot. When Kansas wins, they'll probably just put them as a one seed. It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I Kansas think, winning is really going to help Tennessee. That That's easily – do you guys agree that's easily our best win? Uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. De- uh, definitely it on paper, it is. And the fact we did it without Josiah Jordan James, who since he's gotten healthy has been mm-hmm. a, a real good player. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I, I just, <clears throat> I, I think it's good that this team gets slighted, like Caller Matt, who I rarely agree with, um, though I like. Um, said, you know, keep slighting us, okay. This team has a little bulldog in them, and I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. All of them play. Even our five stars play a little bit like underdogs, you know. Um, and I, I don't know, man. This is just so strange to have to have this conversation. What are we? Uh, are we six weeks officially from like Mar- the start of March Madness proper? Like the SEC tournament starts in six weeks, right? Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. I don't know. Is it six weeks? We played nine games in conference, so okay. So whatever, four and a half plus a half, so maybe five weeks. Whatever, yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, where I'm going with March eighth through the twelfth. There you go. Live from Nashville, we're sitting Tennessee. here. 
again, for how many years in a row now have we been like, should we get a one or a two seed? Other than the COVID year, how many times have we had this conversation now? It's a good point. So, <clears throat> as as big a Barnes basher as I truly am, and I admit that, okay, and I, I can jump on that train pretty quick, and I've already picked his replacement. I've got two or three guys in line. <laughs> I like. Uh, I also like uh, Heckman's boy up at Iowa State as well. Uh, I'll say this. He leaves when he wants to. Somebody asked that the other day. I thought it was a great question. We did the spaces, and a guy asked, when does – when does Rick Barnes get the axe if X, Y, or Z doesn't happen? He's never getting the axe, y'all. Not ever. He's a Hall of Fame basketball coach. We're in the top ten perennially now. I can't believe we're saying we're a perennial top ten basketball team. If you guys were a little bit older and you're my age, you would have never thought that would happen. We were garbage when I yep. was a kid. Um, so, you know, he's never getting fired, but I do think it would be really cool if he was able to name a replacement or handpick his replacement if he believes that will send the program in the right way, I do believe he's earned that. I can't believe I'm saying that. Guys, have a great one. Thanks for the call, Berto. Yeah, according to Mike Wilson, Tennessee has now been ranked 18 times in the AP poll top five in the past five seasons. That's more times than it was ranked in the top five in the previous 70 years of Tennessee basketball. Man. Uncharted waters right now. No, these are charted waters for the last five years. Well... You know what I mean. No, I don't think you know what, what we're saying. In the I, last I 70 that's, years. That's why I'm, I'm saying we're in uncharted waters as a program right now, Chris. No, well, yeah, but we've, yeah, we're have we finally right. there. Like, we're established over the last five years. 18 times in the top five. Just got to make the next step. I think, I think Jerry Palm must just be – he's just – he's basically just going off conferences. So, he's just he's just saying, like – I mean, the only thing that – the only re, the only thing – if I have to defend, if I had to defend him, if I'm like his attorney, you know, and I know he committed murder, but I still got to like get up there and try and explain why he should he get did off. It. He did it. That's what I'd do. I do. The only thing I think you can go with is he thinks at the end of the year that the four seeds are going to be a Big Ten team, a Pac-12 team, an SEC team, and a Big 12 team. And they might shake out that way mm-hmm. because all the yeah. teams are going to play each other over and over and over, and it's going to be hard for, you know, two from one conference to shake out. And it's hard – you know, it with the way Kansas State beat Kansas, so he's putting them in that slot. It, uh, it's almost like a placeholder to see how that conference shakes out. Yeah. So um, that would maybe make some sense, maybe. But the fact that they just lost that week, it's almost like he was just so lazy, just didn't change his ones and twos. You know, just hit refresh. Just that, get the clicks. Yeah, Kansas State plays at Kansas uh, tonight. We'll run down the list of games when we come back on the flip side. Stick with us right here on 3 and Out. Hour two continues here from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, Fan Run Radio. Pick up some White Claw Hard Seltzer. Hmm. Risky mix. Whiskey and wine. Whew. Yeah. Do it quick. Feel a heartburn already. Mm. Oh. Of 172 Final Four appearances, 
Guess the percentage of teams that were a one seed. How many appearances? 172 total. Final four appearances. Um, Since the team went to 64. I think of one, one year. Uh, 59% is my guess. You overshot the mark a little bit. 40.12% of one seeds oh, okay. have made... Huh. The final four. Now, if you want to do ones and twos, it jumps up to 61.63%. Okay. I guess that makes more sense. But I, I was trying to base it off of, in one tournament, I know four number ones rarely make it. Mm -hmm. I was thinking three number ones make it some. I was thinking at least two number ones usually make it. But I guess there have been those years where only one number one makes it more frequently than three. And obviously a year where none of the ones make it. Really pulls you down on how many of those would Yeah, be. like 2015, three ones made it. Okay. Uh, 2016, one number one seed made it. It was North Carolina. Mm. Uh, 2017, two one seeds. 2018, two one seeds. 2019, one one seed. So there's been more ones than threes, and that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is actually kind of crazy. So it goes 40% to 21% from ones to two. Mm-hmm. And then 21% to 11% of three. Not as big of a drop once you get to four, though, however. It only goes from 11% to 8%. If you're looking at, this is weird, percentages of the percent, that's the smallest drop. from. Right. It's like a 50% drop from a one to a two, a 50% drop from a two to a three, but then only like a, I don't know, 30% drop from three to a four. Huh. Basically, it cuts in half until you get to the 3-4. Then it's not that big of a gap. Yeah. No, then, it, then it, then it kind of does the same drop from 4 to 5. It's about a 50% decrease. Huh. So yeah. and when talking about how does a one seed really matter, yeah, because your odds are twice as good to make a final four as a one seed as they are a two. Obviously, as we said earlier, Tennessee's never been a one seed. Maybe that's what we need to do to make sure we get to a final I four. Don't, I don't think it's as big. If you're talking about a team that's either the one of the best twos or one of the lowest ranked ones, I don't think it's as big a difference as that is because obviously that's counting all the like the one seeds that make a final four are typically the best teams in the country anyway. So right. it's not gonna be as big of a it's I guess what I'm saying is the most powerful variable in that in those statistics is how good the team is. Sure, of course. It's not that the one seeds have. Yeah, that you, much you couldn't slap a, a one on a sixteen seeded team and say, "Oh, they're going to make it now." Yeah, but they would have an easier path if you flipped the ones and twos for every tournament in the history of the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the numbers going to go down way more than if you just flipped this year's Tennessee team from a one to a two or a two for a one, whichever sure, one they're sure. not, um, because the the team's the same. I mean. How good the teams are is obviously the, the number one stat there. Number two would be, though, that the team has an easier path, obviously. And both those things are why one seeds get there so much more often. Did you say, how'd the one seeds do last year? Uh, last year, the one seeds that made it were Baylor and Gonzaga. Because um, I... I'm on then two seed Houston and eleven UCLA. I'm on the NCAA website right now, and it's funny they've not updated how the one seeds played out last year. 
which is kind of odd. We've had a lot of time to do that by now, but uh, one of the most underachieving one seeds we've had in recent years, obviously in 2021, Brad Underwood and Illinois lost in the second round to Loyola Chicago. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, outside of that, just like going down the list here, outside of that Illinois team and Virginia and obviously. Virginia, and then uh, Chris Mack when he was at Xavier. They lost in the second round to Florida State in 2018 as a one seed. I mean, outside of that, if you're a one seed, about everybody here is making the Sweet 16. I guess 2018 was probably, I mean, outside of Villanova and Kansas, was probably the worst year for one seeds because that's the year you had one go down in round one and round two. Mm-hmm. I think you went back two years when you said those Final Four teams, maybe a second ago. The, who are the one seeds last year? Wasn't it Kansas? And no, you're right. This It says 2021. I'm sorry. Carolina was in it. Carolina beat, knocked off Baylor in round two. Baylor was one of the one seeds. They beat Duke in the Final so Four. So Baylor, right? Baylor was a one seed two years in a row? Yeah. The one seeds last year, according to Kim Palmer, Arizona, Baylor, Kansas, and Gonzaga. That's right. This is, this is 2021 for whatever reason. Okay. So how many one seeds made the Final Four last year? Two? Just one. Okay. I think just Kansas. So it would be 70 out of 176 or did, then. Hang on, did... Uh, Final Four last year was Duke, UNC, Villanova, and Kansas, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, I was saying Kansas is the only one seed, so we were... Oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Villanova and Duke were both two. Duke was a two, Villanova was a two. Carolina was eight. There you go. Yeah, Carolina beat Baylor in round two. In the one eight game, and they're floating around that again this year. Yeah, and they're just mm-hmm. lurking around. <laughs> Who do you think the fastest team in the country is? The fastest team in the country. Mm-hmm. Tempo was. Oh, um, <laughs> not forty times. Oh, I, you had these stats about all the individual players, so I, I was actually thinking like speed. The, the fastest team, like, shoots the quickest. Um, I don't know. Alabama. Okay. It's not surprising. Where's Kansas State on that list? Well, they're not in the top ten. He only gives ten. Yeah, can you read those top ten? Uh, yeah, it's actually kind of surprising. Um, I'll compare this to the Kim Where is this coming from? Evan Mayakawa. Okay. Number one, Alabama. Number two, St. John's. Number three, Texas Rio Grande Valley. All right. Or Rio Rio Grande Valley, I guess. Rio, Rio Grande. Gr- Is it Grande? Grande? It's grand. It's grande. Rio Grande. What's Grande? That's at Starbucks. That's that's what I was thinking. Large. It's a Taco Bell too. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. What's the gr- what's the Grande? The Taco Bell Grande. Ta- yeah, Nacho yeah. Nacho's Nacho Spell Grande. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rio Grande Valley. I was like, man, I saw that not that, that long might ago. Well be number three. In the mm. Mm-hmm. Right, number yeah. four, Long Beach State. Number five, Coppin State. Okay. Number six, Southern. Uh-huh. Seven, Arizona. Eight, Bryant. Nine, Buffalo. And ten, Pepperdine. Pepperdine. Do you have High the point. slowest teams in the country? I can pull that up for you uh, with Kim Palm. A lot of the teams, Houston Red, were in my top ten also just in different order. That makes sense. The big boys were Alabama one, Arizona two. I'm skipping a bunch of teams in like Memphis up there with Xavier. You want the slowest teams? Yeah. Slowest teams. Why do you want that? It's boring. 
Because I have a feeling we're probably somewhere on that list. Of fastest and slowest teams? Yeah, I'd say we're falling somewhere. Uh, okay, so North Texas is slowest, then Charlotte, uh, Bellarmine. The first big team is uh, Virginia, as you might expect. I'll skip over all the other. Uh, Cal. I'm just trying to grab the power teams. Wisconsin. Houston is the slowest like of the top teams there. Hmm. I mean, that makes sense with Kelvin Sampson. They're a real defensive team. You yeah, know, that's the whole thing. I'm pretty sure. I thought I read that we take that we use 18 seconds of the shot clock on average on the year. I Tennessee feel like is, I remember that stat too. Tennessee is 199th in tempo out of three. Three thirty-eight. Three sixty-three. I feel like we're playing. Faster than that now with the smaller lineup, though. It's a good point. 17.4 on the shot clock Not having to wait for Pavich to get down the floor and, like, (laughs) set that screen. Now we're doing a quicker ball screen with Kai and... You're probably right. Come on. I mean, the D1 average... We're actually quicker than the the D1 average by, like, two-tenths of a second. Yeah. That's hard to believe. But... Now, on the defensive end... We force teams to take even longer. So they're 17.9 on the defensive end. Which is actually a good – I mean, I think that's a good stat. Yeah. I, I feel like we're going to set a record for most for most four shot clock violations on the season. Mm. I swear it feels like we have one or two a game. I don't know why it necessarily does it this way, but on EvanMaya.com, which is Evan Maya Kawa, he predicts – He's got five future game predictions up on his site. Mm-hmm. Four of them are Tennessee games. He does their home rank, their away rank, and then he gives um, what he thinks would be the final score, according to the data. Tennessee hosting Auburn. Final score, Tennessee 70, Auburn 60. Tennessee hosting Alabama. Final score, Tennessee 74, Bama 66. Kentucky hosting Tennessee. Final score, Tennessee 69, Kentucky 65. And Tennessee traveling to Texas A&M. Final score, 69 to 62 in favor of Tennessee. He's just copying Kim Palm's homework. I mean, he's within a point or two points on each one of those every time. He has – well, you said he – I don't know, I can't remember what stat you read. So this has home and away rank. Yeah. Which seem to be the same for all these teams. Yeah. That's not good. Like home rank, we are two. And away rank, we are two. Auburn – no, Auburn's listed at 15 in both also. Yeah. That doesn't make any uh, sense. That can't be right. Maybe he hasn't. Put all the numbers in or something. Maybe not. <clears throat> Interesting. The most indispensable player in the entire country is Zach Eady with a perfect score of indispensability. Okay. Basically, they're saying with Purdue, yep. no yep. Zach Eady means they they so poo-poo. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're, yeah, they're not they're good. Horrible. We'll come back with more three and out next.
This segment of the program brought to you by Malone and Costa Dentistry. Check them out online at KnoxvilleSmiles.com. It's Malone and Costa Dentistry at Knoxville Smiles, 264 South Peters Road. Easy to get to right there in the Cedar Bluff area of West Knoxville. If you're new, give them a call at 865-426-1776 or go to KnoxvilleSmiles.com. You can even do a virtual tour right there. And you can request an appointment online as well. It's Malone and Costa Dentistry at Knoxville Smiles, creating beautiful smiles, one relationship at a time. Longtime sponsors of Fan Run Radio. Weigel's has dropped a new milk flavor. Ooh, let me guess. Give me a hint. Valentine's Day. Oh, it's red velvet or strawberry shortcake. He saw it. You're such a punk. Dude, I didn't see. No. That's a pretty easy one to guess. Red velvet? When you give him a hint. They've literally released red velvet milk before. Uh, Oh, there you go. He's a connoisseur, apparently. I hate milk, (laughs) but I do respect what Weigel's can do with theirs. Okay. Like, I... I wish I could just get like a shot glass of it just to try. It. I got, uh, I don't want to buy a two dollar and fifty cent thing of milk just to drink it. I mean, some of the flavors have looked pretty good though. Like I never tried the pumpkin milk. Orange cream sickle. Is it good? Have you had it? No. Oh. No, it's not good. Or no, you haven't had I've it. I've not had it. I would assume it's good. That's um, why Costco is so good. Costco has all those little, like every aisle you go to it seems like they got a little taste section there love the samples mm-hmm. you guys ever noticed how the smaller gas stations like the ones that are sketchy always have a better selection of like energy drinks and coke products and sports drinks as opposed to who i don't know just like the big chains like weigel's pilot Casey. weigel's is undefeated i've never gone into weigel's looking for something and they not have it I don't know. Like I like biz- I like to try bizarre stuff. So yeah, I feel like Wagles has a. I mean, I think it's, I think Weigel's it's definitely good. better than Casey's. But like I went to a shell the other day that looked like I needed a bulletproof vest to go into, and hmm. I go in there and it took me ten minutes to find what I wanted to drink. That seems like a availability issue. Like you couldn't find it. No, there was so much stuff that I know, you just, I just typically kidding. don't see. I was, I, was, I was kidding. I knew what you meant. I was just messing around. I was just making sure you knew, man. So you'd rather go across the street if there's a Bucky's on the other side? I think that's the most <laughs> underrated. Or Bucky's has some stuff you can't find anywhere else, but also they're lacking some stuff that you should be able to find at a Bucky's. Mm. What have you ever looked for at a Bucky's and not been able to find? Or is it just they don't have stuff you've never seen before? He may have to do a full like video review when the new one gets done over there in his neighborhood. I bet you won't stay in there for 24 hours. <laughs> well, <laughs> just roll a sleeping bag out in their bathroom stalls. I mean, they're that clean. That's a good point. And private. You yeah, just lock private. the door, lay yeah, down. what are they going to do? Uh, they sir. clean those. They clean those things like they do at the Masters. Like as soon as someone's done, some dude just runs in there and like scrubs yeah. it down. Well, I mean that'd probably be the only way. That was the weirdest thing about the Masters. Sir, we have to clean this. That well, was the weirdest Twenty four hours, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm gonna be here for twenty four hours. Just don't mind me. Yeah. Like, can I start a tab at the front? <laughs> tab. At a twenty four hour tab at Bucky's <laughs> for you? That probably a couple thousand. <laughs> It'd be bad. Think like. You've been to one, right? Yeah. I mean, they got like the the grills and the smokers out front. Oh, buy this Bucky's fire pit. It's like <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, sure. I'd be out there, fire pit, vault, marshmallows. Mm-hmm. 
They probably have a Bucky's themed marshmallow roaster somewhere. Pretty impressive. Yeah. You don't have to worry about picking your gas station when the Bucky's goes in. You're just gonna, you're just gonna put the mom and pops out of. Business. Once that one's there, I'll probably take. Because normally when I've stopped at a Bucky's, it's like kind of a quick thing. You know, you're on yeah, the road too. We're back from the beach. It's like I don't want to be here any longer than I have to be. I need to kind of take some time and explore. Yeah, when you go try up there, some new stuff. Let me know. I'll meet you. Okay. Yeah, we'll go. Do you do you understand that? Getting into that Bucky's for the first two months is going to be basically impossible. Uh, yeah. yeah. Did they ever decide? They, please tell me they're going to build a 407B. Yeah, there, there's a new exit going in, I'm pretty sure. Well, last time I drove by, it didn't look like it. And oh, really? 407's already a mess. Yeah. yeah. If they don't put a 407, it's funny that it would be B for Bucky's. It really does need to be the 407 Bucky's exit. Like, that's what it has to be. Because you I, almost have to get over, like, all like three lanes at least where they're putting the buckies when you come. If off you're just turning line. left into it, yeah, you oh, got to get it could you the other way. I mean, because normally people turn right there; they're going to the mountains, and even then, like on a Friday in the fall yeah. or something, it backs that, up on the interstate. Oh, it backs off. It back, like well, a mile. Yeah. And then everybody coming back down the hill right there to get on the interstate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't be. They're gonna, there has there has to be another exit. Sunday traffic going down that hill is absolutely yeah. It's awful. It's the worst. Checkout day. It's, it, it's so bad. You know how many times I've like, hmm, chop house for lunch sounds good today. <laughs> Don't want to sit in traffic for an hour to go mm. two miles. It's not that bad right there, though, is it? Uh, once, Don't you live on that side of the bridge? Uh, yeah, but like for me, like you come out at the dealership there, and then you got to cross the traffic, and then it's just slammed all the way from that dealership down the hill through the lights. I mean, I could go around, but that's just inconvenient. Wait, I thought you lived on the Smokies. No, I'm on. I'm across the. Oh, yeah, that hill is a that Jeep dealership is that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I know what we're talking about now. I always thought you lived on the other side. Mm. I thought you were Smokies side. This guy Mm. is that technically Kodak on the other side of the forty? We literally have the Kodak Trade Center over there. I was just asking. I was just asking. <laughs> He's the king of Kodak. For some, reason, be. for some reason, I thought the forty the forty line was where it was because that's why they built the Bass Pro on that side of the exit. Because ta- like property taxes were so much cheaper, literally just on the other side of the interstate. But you didn't know that, King. The Cowboy King. I have people take care of that stuff for me. Take it easy, mud weight. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. Final segment, hour number two. Stick with us right here on Fan Run Radio. Final segment, hour number two of the program. Talking hoops on this Optimism Tuesday. Well, this team has been good at taking care of business, and they got to keep it up with the stakes now higher. Uh, I would call the Florida game tomorrow. Um, it is a road game. You're projected to win it by less than 10, but 74% chance to win. Like, you got to win. If you're a number one seed, those are the games you got to win. Um, yeah, you just have yeah. to. You have to beat Vanderbilt on the road. I mean, obviously they're not very good. You got to beat Missouri at home. 
Um, I think the Auburn home game, which is this Saturday, is obviously important. Um, that's a little bit tougher game on the metric side, but from where they are and where you are, like you're projected to win that one too. Um, you know, the the more the games that are closer to a coin flip, obviously Alabama at home, Kentucky away, and then uh, you know the next toughest game in terms of the just rankings is Arkansas, but that one's at home as well. So it it the stretch of Alabama, Kentucky, Texas A and M is is a little tough, but really. You got outside of the road trip to Rupp Arena, the toughest games on the schedule left are all at home, and it sets up great. I mean, this is you you've you've really put yourself in a great spot by beating Kansas and mm-hmm. Texas out of conference. Big Twelve. Wonder why we've been so good against Big Twelve teams. I mean, I know it's a small sample size, but I mean, neither of those games were really that competitive. I don't know what our largest lead was against Kansas, but you want it felt like you got up by ten, kind of cruised, and then ended up being what fifteen, I think. You were up by twenty two with twenty two or twenty one against Texas. Mm-hmm. They got it down to eleven. I mean, do we struggle? Are we just better against guard-heavy teams because we have long, athletic guys that can guard the guards? And then if we do need, if they do have a real quick guy, we have Ziegler we can put on them. If they have a shooter, we can put Vescovy on. Are we able to just adapt to heavy guard teams? But what's the one team that gave us a ton of trouble that just in the last like calendar year, like Hunter Dickinson, who can a mm-hmm. big, a really a true post guy that can step out and hit the three? So when he sets ball screens way away from the basket like we struggle to guard and I still think and maybe I don't know if the guy if the defensive coaches from last year would agree maybe we should have tried just gone smaller and tried to side James on him earlier in the game Mm -hmm. to see if maybe that would work better but I mean Texas you know no dominant big guy we handle him easily Kentucky has a dominant big guy and even though Plavsic got his points they dominated us on the on the rebounding end, and Sheboy is obviously a big part yeah. We of that. got killed on the glass that game. So uh, Sheboy had thirteen rebounds and fifteen points, so he got. Some, he's some, had better games, but he had a good he had some, a good night. So maybe our the, the and and it's gonna be like this for a lot of teams, but the toughest thing for us to dent to defend is probably a really good big guy, whether but either if he's stepping out or if he's just around the basket. Texas didn't have that guy. Kamal goes off. And mm-hmm. we shut their guards down, holding us 71 to a team that scores a bunch of points normally. I'll be interested to see what version of Kamwa we get in the next matchup with Kentucky. He played 14 minutes against them, had two rebounds and two points in the first matchup. I'm interested in just him against Florida because Castleton's pretty good down there. He's okay. He didn't have He's, his headband, though. I know. It's, <laughs> maybe it's just the, uh, the beauty of the headband. Best post player in the country with the headband. Small sample size again, but yeah. Does Sheboy wear one? No. He's saying he's the best when he wears the headband. I'll take I'll take headband come all over any of those guys. I mean, he's averaging 27 points with the headband. <laughs> headband come on. It's like a whole different dude. I like it. I'm really glad. It kind of is, though. He braided his hair, put the headband yeah. on, and went absolutely off. I yeah. like the way the schedule sets up this week for us, so I would be kind of nervous having to play Auburn. Midweek, coming off the high emotional win against Texas this week, but Florida's not good. 
Mm. Trying to see what they're. They are twelve and nine. Uh, they lo- they've lost to FAU, Xavier. Whoa, they're good though. No, oh, no, they lost to West Virginia by twenty nine. I do not remember that. Uh, they lost to UConn when UConn was really good. UConn kind of toyed with them and won by twenty one. This is kind of funny. They only lost to Oklahoma by nine. Auburn by three, A&M by three. I will say for Florida, they've won five out of their last seven. They lost to A&M again by two at A&M. They beat Mississippi State by two. They beat South Carolina by 21 because everybody does that. And then Kansas State this weekend beat them by 14. Hmm. Mike. Mike. Turn your mic Castleton averaging 15 and eight. And he, I think, he leads the conference in blocks. He's got 17 blocks over his last five games. I swear he's been there for a decade. He's six foot <laughs> eleven. I mean, yeah, we'll see. Be a good, be a good be test. test, especially with a team that's not as good with the other guys too. Might be a more Plavzic minutes off the bench. He, he, Kasman's kind of a fiery player. We might get Plavzic yeah. in there and get him riled up a little bit. There you go. Yep, and then he'll airball a free throw. That was necessary. I mean. It's pretty funny. Like, I've mm-hmm. given the guy a lot of props the last couple of weeks. I think I'm entitled to mock his free throw shooting. He's the most improved player on the team. Over, I think Zakai would be right. Nah, mm-hmm. we saw flashes of Zakai being great last year. I this is the first time in Euros' career here he's actually been able to contribute. Wasn't he well, some of us saw this in Zakai all along. That's bull crap. Okay, you didn't. Man. You didn't. This four game stretch Zakai's on. You did not see this at the beginning of the year or last year. And if you did, if you think you did, you're lying. No, I mean maybe not the 22 points against Texas, but like you thought he could be a double digit assist guy. You know, every third game, he's. I, I don't know why you don't like him. He's I do. He's, he's a really small. Good player. He's super quick. He's cut down on the turnovers. He's got a great shot now that he's finishing at the rim, and teams don't know how to defend him. He's he's a great player. He's a great player, but why do you have to say but if, everything? If, just, if, say, just you could have ended it. He's, he's a, great, a player. great player, and if he keeps this up throughout the rest of the season, he'll he might be... crack your top eight guards that you wouldn't take over him. No, got it. I was going to say he'll be in the top. Five nationally speaking, when it comes to point guards, uh, Rick Barnes thinks he's playing better than any point guard in the country. I mean, you can definitely make that argument. Mm, good, but is he the best point guard? No. Is he playing like the best right now? Yeah, probably, or at least up there. But I mean, there's guys definitely in the conference. Uh, Sears and Taylor from A and M have been consistently great all year. But yeah, he's playing the best in the conference right now. I'd say. But, like, Zakai's getting hyped up for this four-game stretch, and there's been other point guards in the country that casual Tennessee basketball fans don't know about that have been doing it for 20 games. I gave him props. I said if he keeps it up, he's going to be one of the best point guards in the country at the end of the season. What more do you want from me, people? I think people just get annoyed when you tell them what they think. 
I don't tell people what Especially they think. Especially when it's in the past. I tell people what they should think. Uh, we'll kick off hour three. I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> <laughs>